Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so. Lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the virgin, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, it's likely we're going to do two messages on these 13 verses of Scripture. Um, the first thing I'd like to say from the on, onset of this, uh, this sermon is the virgins being mentioned of in this chapter are not the church. If we make the virgins the church, we get into replacement theology or uh, 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 you know, a, a, a lighter version of replacement theology. We just don't want to really call it that. And we get ourselves in trouble. And when you look at this in verse number one, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. That would be plural. V-I-R-G-I-N-S, right? Now, let's do our second Corinthians verse first. You already have your finger there and go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 and watch what it says. I'm going to show you why this is not the virgins are not the church in Matthew chapter 25. Would to God, verse one, ye could bear with me a little of my folly and indeed bear with me for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin, no S on the end, to Christ. The church isn't 10 virgins in Matthew chapter 25. It's not. The church is a singular chaste virgin. That's the church. So that should be our first tip off that these virgins mentioned of are not representing in any way, shape, or form the chaste virgin, the bride of Christ, us. It's not, it's not that. Go to your Jeremiah passage. Jeremiah chapter 18. Now watch this. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 13. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, ask ye now among the heathen who hath heard such things, uh, heard such things 
semicolon. Now it, it gives us what I want to get to. The virgin of Israel hath done a very horrible thing. The virgins aren't Israel because there's not 10 Israels. <laughs> it's, not, it's not referring to a nation. <laughs> there's one Israel. We see the virgin singular of Israel in Jeremiah chapter 18. And when we get to Matthew chapter 25, there are 10 Israels. There's one. These virgins represent people living during the tribulation. And you have five of them that are prepared to meet the Lord when he comes. And you have five of them that are not prepared, and it's illustrating, and Jesus is trying to teach us that during, we got to get back to our time frame now, this isn't the church age that we're in in Matthew 25, this is Daniel's prophetic 70th week that we're in, and these are people, these are Jews, these are people that individually are either A, prepared, or B, not prepared during the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. The other reason why it can't be the church, because Further down, we're going to see that there's going to be a national judgment. And a lot of this is going to be meted out when there's the judgment of nations. And you know why that's not going to be us? Because when we're raptured out of here, we already have our judgment before the Lord. And that's Romans 14, the judgment seat of Christ. And we are going to be rewarded or not rewarded. This judgment of nations that's going to come later in Matthew isn't for us as individual Christians. It's for nations and how those nations treated the Jews during the prophetic week of Daniel's prophecy. Now, we're not going to go too far down this rabbit trail, but when we teach on the various judgments, we'll meet all those out. We'll have them in a, in a nice order, prayerfully, rightly divided. But we have five that are representative of people that are prepared, these five virgins, and then five that are unprepared. And if we understand these virgins in the right context, we avoid the very, very odd teaching that somehow there's multiple virgins in the bride of Christ and the church and all that. We completely avoid that if we just rightly divide the word of truth and put it in its correct drawer so to speak it's correct context lord willing we try to do that when we open up god's word it's a big book and we want to be careful and respectful that we do the best we can to divide it correctly um go back to matthew 25 but also get luke 17 Because there's another distinction that we need to make, and we've made this before, we'll make it again. We'll say it as many times as we have to. We'll get back to Matthew 25 and then get uh, Luke 17 as well. Matthew 25, verse number one, the Bible says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven. It's important to distinguish the kingdom of heaven from the kingdom of God. This is going to further give us an understanding of the passage. Now look at Luke 17.
Watch what it says in verse 20, Luke 17, verse 20. When he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and, and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with odd observation. So the kingdom of God, what do we get in Luke chapter 17 as far as how the Bible defines it? The kingdom of God is not with observation where you can see it. Keep reading verse 21. Neither shall they say, lo here, lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. This is an invisible, inward kingdom. Which is not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven contrasts the kingdom of God as a physical, earthly kingdom that is outward and is visible. Everybody understand the difference there. We got a spiritual kingdom that's within, we got a physical kingdom that is without. Matter of fact, Matthew 11 says, Kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. Down here on earth, do you know who wins? The most violent and forceful people. <laughs> because God has relinquished his control down here in this satanic controlled world system that we need to live in but not be a part of. Amen. We need to be in this world, but not of this world, because we've got somebody higher than all of this stuff down here. But why do we have the freedom that we have? Because we can give more violence, right? We've got more might. We've got more power. We've got more. And that's how things are conquered right now. But God. We'll take control. He's just not taking control right now, down here on earth. He should have control of the kingdom of God, which is where? Within you. Well, I just want to be controlled by God. Well, if you're a Christian, you are. It's inward. Stop trying to pretend like. Well, we just have to have the most conservative candidate and then this world will be. No, it'll be the same thing that it's always been. A mess. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> These people that want to usher in the kingdom by telling Christians to get into politics. If that's your job, then do your job. I'm not. If you're if you're if you're running on conservative platforms, look, I'm for you. I'm not trying to be the negative Nelly tonight. But what I'm saying is those candidates are not going to fix this world. Only Jesus Christ will. And if we want him to be in control, he ain't going to be in control of this world. Not yet. When he comes back on his second coming, he will be in control and it will be 100% righteous here. Until then, are you saved? You're born again, you're washed in the blood. Is the kingdom of God within you? Then he's got control of your life. Spiritual. We all okay with that? I mean, I, I'm okay with that. I wish this world was better. 
and I'll pray that it becomes better. But my faith is in nothing else than Jesus' blood and righteousness. So that's what we're going to stick with. Okay. Matthew 25, verse number one. Then shall the kingdom of heavens be likened unto ten virgins. Now I'll read it how it doesn't read. But I'll read it how people read it. But they read it wrong. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be ten virgins. But it isn't ten virgins. It's likened unto ten virgins. And when it says it's likened unto, it's to be compared to. But the kingdom of heaven is not ten virgins. It's likened unto them, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Which, by the way, the lamps are not the bodies of believers. We'll get into that as well. Um, and five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. The first problem I would like to look at in these first eight verses is this. We said it earlier. Problem number one is five are prepared. And five are unprepared. But the other thing we see in this passage is they all have lamps with oil in them. Or they wouldn't be able to light their lamps. See that? At the end of verse number eight, sorry, it took me a second to get my spot. At the end, verse number eight, it says, for our lamps are gone out. How would your lamp go out when it runs out of oil? So then it goes out. So all of these virgins have lamps with oil in them. And all of them are going to run out of oil. That's the problem. They're going to run out of oil, and five are prepared because they have more oil. And five are not prepared. They're unwise because they don't have any more oil. Wasn't oil the Holy Spirit? No, it's not, and we'll get to that. But the second problem we have is this. Look at verse 5 and 6 again. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept at midnight. There was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Second problem is, it's midnight. <laughs> it's the middle of the night, and ain't nobody's going to be going out at dark at midnight without lights. You need a lamp. And if you got no oil to light your lamp, you're not going to meet anybody. You're not going to be able to see. It's too dark for you to meet the bridegroom. 
which circles us back again to the whole past, the whole point of this passage is they are not prepared. If you all, if we all have lamps, we all have oil and we run out of oil, there's a problem. And if you don't have extra oil, you're not prepared. And at midnight, when it's dark, we all have a problem. But if I've got enough oil in my lamp, I am prepared. You are prepared. And those that don't, aren't. It's preparedness. Look at verse number seven. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Problem number three. They're ultimately doing something that is a total waste of time because they don't have any more oil and they're not going to be able to get any light. They're not prepared. It's late. And they're wasting time. They have wasted time by not preparing. Look at verse number eight and nine. Let's read that again. We'll look at the fourth problem. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us your oil. Yeah, great idea. For our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered saying, not so, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. Now, how is this exactly going to work? It's midnight. Now, you can order the oil on Amazon. <laughs> but even with Prime and free shipping, it's going to be about two days. It doesn't help you in the middle of midnight, so you're not prepared. You might be able to get it at Walmart, but the whole point of this is, oh, <laughs> yeah, go buy oil. Really, it's, it's in the middle of the night, it's midnight, and you want me to go buy oil. In other words, they're not prepared. They're in the way they're going to get oil. Where are you going to get it in the middle of the night? That's the fourth problem. Look at verse number eight again. This will preach. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us your oil. And that's why they're foolish. Because they said, you give me your oil. And the answer comes back, not so. My problem isn't your problem. Your problem isn't my problem. We don't believe in socialism. This idea that. You're going to work your whole life really, really hard. And then everything that you've worked for, they're going to take it from you and give it to somebody else. Now, if you want to give your stuff away, shouldn't you be free to give what you've earned away to who you choose to give it to? <laughs> That's Bible sense. Most people had that. Now most people don't have that. Most people, there's always been a time, it didn't matter what time of history it is, there's always somebody to go tell the good news of Jesus to. But even the lost people believed that my property is my property and your property is your property. Now, they about throwing that out the window. And you'd be hard-pressed to get Christians to go to work anymore. <laughs> it's my oil. I'm entitled to it. I'm not, I'm not going to give it to you. It's your oil. You're entitled to it. 
You shouldn't have to give it away. Some corrupt government coming in and saying, we're going to take what you've earned and give it away. Buy your own oil. Grow your own beans. They're your beans. You go to Walmart, buy beans. They're your beans. Let's let's go to Acts 4 and I'll dial it back a bit. I am not commanded by God to share my stuff with anybody and neither are you. If you would like to share it, go ahead. But you shouldn't be forced to. And Acts chapter 4, let's see here. Acts chapter 4, verse number 32. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and bought the prices of the things that were sold. Verse 35, and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Two things. Number one, in verse number 32, and the multitude of them that, what does it say? Believe. These were believers. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the context. And then the other part of the context is at the end of the verse, distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. If there's somebody amongst us as brothers and sisters in Christ, and there's a need, we're going to meet that need the best we can. We want to meet that need. But this idea that, well, you should just give all your stuff to everybody. No. This is clearly the context of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. And a real need came up in the church. And if a need comes up, the church needs to know about the need. Amen. So the church can do what it's supposed to do. Now, if, if a guy hasn't been working for three months or four months or five months or a year. And his wife comes and says, well, the kids haven't eaten anything but rice and beans. And we're about ready to lose the house. The need is the guy needs to go get a job. That's the need. We can't create problems by trying to cover up other problems. I hope you see where I'm going with that. All right, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Here's another problem we have in the church. We don't want that to be a problem here. If you have a need for oil, we'll help you with oil. We had the ice storm this last winter. And uh, I made sure I called everybody, make sure everybody's okay. And there was a need that came up. Somebody needed 
not oil for fuel, but some wood. We got we got that thing taken care of. Um, and, and, and that was a blessing. But Hebrews chapter 10, watch this. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse number 19. Having therefore brethren. So who would this be? Who would the brethren be? That'd be us, the brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, believers. Uh, boldness entered in the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by no living way, which is consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having high priest over the house of God, praise his name. Verse number 22, let us draw near with the true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful to promise. Now watch this. And let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, as verse 25 tell us to not forsake the assembly of ourselves, we saw in verse number 19, this is clearly the brethren, the body of Christ. So I have a problem with, and I think you should have a problem with, because I believe the Bible's teaching us, if we ha all have a heart that's drawing near, we're holding fast the profession of our faith. We have all been considering one another. We're trying to love each other. We're trying to provoke each other to love more and to good works. We are all assembling together consistently and investing in each other's lives like the Bible would like us to do. We're exhorting one another. And then somebody just comes in out of the blue and says, hey, can you pay my light bill? No, I'm not going to pay your light bill. Where do you go to church? Well, nowhere. I just think the church should pay my light bill. No, they shouldn't. Now, if you come and assemble with us, and exhort us and spend time with us and invest in us. But this idea that the church is supposed to be some doormat and anybody that walks in can just get whatever they want from us, it's not biblical. It's not a biblical principle. Now, if you and your own free will or my or me on my own free will, I'm sure you've done this. I'm not sure. I'm assuming you have. I've done this. You see somebody, they have a need, you help them out. To make it a doctrine of the church, we're overstepping wee-wee little bit there. Many times you try to talk to somebody, you know they're down and out. Try to help them out, a little meal, a little food. At least they're not buying drugs. I'll tell you, my friend, one of the persons gave testimony, passed away. And he was, when he got out of Vietnam, what filled his life was alcohol. He became a horrible, drunken man. Cost him two divorces. He came home one night, and his wife had a, a bottle of the vodka you like to drink. When he walked in the door at two or three in the morning, whatever it was, she said, it's either me or this bottle. 
So you know what he did? He grabbed the bottle and said, see ya. Because that's what liquor does to you. It ruins and it destroys. Then Jesus came and saved that man's soul when his life began to change. And one of his ministries that he had, and this person gave a testimony at his funeral. He would help you and he would spend time with you if you were an addict and if you had problems. But the one thing he would not let you do is come up with excuses and not want to put any of the time in and not do what he's told to do. You know why? Because he knew exactly how an addict thinks. And he used to think that way, and he used to respond that way, and he used to pull the wool over people's eyes that way. And you know the people that got help, the ones that wanted it. And it was a beautiful testimony because he really, God, like, put him and his wife in this young girl's life just at the right time when she needed it. And that's how believers and brethren should be. Really should. Do one more. Let's get Galatians 6. Galatians 6. Verse number 1. Brethren, that tells us again, this is in the context of believers. If a man be overtaken in a fault, which you which are spiritual, restore such in one the spirit of meekness. Are you a spiritual giant? If you are, you should be able to do verse 1. Restore somebody. <laughs> We're good at finding fault and then just kicking the other down. That's not Christian. To thyself, thyself, to be tempted. Look at verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Romans 12 talks about distributing to the necessities of the saints. That's what we should do. Is it necessary? Is there a need? Is there a burden? Let's let's jump in there. Said all that to say, if people want help from the local church, they should show up and assemble. It's not hard. But getting back to buy your own oil, Second Thessalonians three verse ten says, "This we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he." Eat. One of the best things parents can teach their children is how to work. And one of the easiest ways to teach them to work is no worky, no eating. <laughs> if you no work, you no food. That's Greek for <laughs> get the moving. <laughs> and when hunger pangs come, you'll be surprised how fast the. Uh, the work gets done. Uh, anyway, the government's given us all hush money, so we just be quiet and, and, and we vote for them. That's really what it is. They're trying to buy everybody out. Yeah, here's some free money. By the way, there's going to be an election. By the way, it doesn't matter. We're going to rig it anyway. All right. Enough fun. Back to the Bible. Look at verse number 10, Matthew 25, 
verse 10. And while we went to buy the bargain came and they were ready, went in with them to the marriage, the door was shut. I'd never been to a marriage at midnight. Uh, afterward came also the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. If you make this the Lord and you dogmatically put it as the Lord in regards to your you being a believer and saved by the blood of the Lamb, you make this soul salvation. You know why we have a problem? Because all of this is based on works. What did Sarah call Abraham? Lord. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. You know what your boss is? Lord. It's what somebody calls their master. It's not a reference here specifically to the Lord, because now we have a works-based salvation. If we tie this and try to place this within the context of the New Testament church, it's not. So we need to be careful. This Lord will be gone a while. Now, is the Lord gone a while? Okay, we can make that connection. That's there. But I said all that prior so that we're not inadvertently putting the church in here at Matthew 25. The Lord is coming back. And he is gone a while. And he's giving everybody during Daniel's 70th week time to prepare. What is he giving people time to prepare now? How is that happening? How shall they hear without a preacher? It's not go buy oil. Things are going to get bad physically. It's God's giving everybody time to repent and trust the Savior. Are you doing your part in allowing the Lord to use you? Because when the trump sounds, then Christ rise first, we shall I remain, call it me Lord in the air, so shall be of the Lord. When that happens, guess what? There's no more time to witness to anybody. Church age is now officially over. The next thing we're going to enter into is a prophetic week called Daniel's 70th week. There's going to be a different type of preparation, and it will be a physical preparation. So the point is, Matthew 25, look at verse 13. Watch, therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Point is, be ready. Because you won't have time to get ready when the Lord comes. The same way, in the time we live in now, if we're raptured, that's it. Nobody else is going to be, you're not going to be able to witness to anybody else. So do it now. By the way, if you were to die tonight, the rapture didn't happen. You're not going to have anybody witness to either. So you want to get moving with that now while you can. For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. You don't know. And because you don't know, when it happens, when it happens, you won't have time to be prepared. So you need to be prepared ahead of time. Okay, now remember I told you the oil is not the Holy Spirit. 
Well, when the Lord comes back, those that are saved are going to have the Holy Spirit, and those that aren't saved aren't going to have the Holy Spirit, except nobody's getting saved spiritually here. It's a physical salvation. Matthew 24, we saw flesh. No flesh shall be saved. Are you saving anybody's flesh right now? You're not saving their soul either, but when you give them the good news of the gospel, their soul gets saved and their flesh stays the same. And they go to the hospital and the doctor tries to save their flesh. He heals physically. Daniel 70th week, it's going to be physical. They've got to survive that. This oil isn't the Holy Spirit. It sounds spiritual. It's completely and entirely wrong. So let's read it. Let's read oil like the Holy Spirit. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, we'll start at verse number three. They that were foolish took, we'll use lamps as body. They that were foolish took their bodies and took the Holy Spirit with them. Verse four. But when the wise took the Holy Spirit in their bodies with their lamps, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then, if you were to say virgins, it's church. Then the church arose and trimmed their bodies. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your Holy Spirit, for our bodies are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so lest there not be enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy some Holy Spirit for yourself. Do you see how absolutely comical that is? Now we're going to go buy the Holy Spirit? What on God's green earth have these people come up with? There's the Holy Spirit up here. Let's go buy it. There's a Holy Spirit sale. You're not going to buy Holy Spirit. You're not going to tell somebody else to go out and buy Holy Spirit. Or you would be preaching a false gospel and you would be accursed. That'd be real comical. We'll make the news. Pilgrim Baptist Church tries to get people to buy Holy Spirit oil. We laugh at that, but there's people online and on TV doing that. We're not going to preach another gospel. These are not unsaved souls that need to go by the Holy Spirit during Daniel's 70th week. They are unprepared people <laughs> who are not going to be ready when the Lord comes back. So we need to stop. Don't ask people, get enough oil in your lamp? You got the Holy... No, it's not that. It's way off doctrinal. We would never tell somebody to go buy the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to look at one more verse, and then we're going to have to make this part two. We'll stay on this with some other thoughts. Um, and then we'll wrap it up probably next Thursday night. But I want to look at one more thing and then we'll close out. Luke chapter 12. 
Some will try to tie Matthew 25 and the oil and the, and, and the, and the lights and all that to Luke 25, verse number 35, where it says, let your loins be girded about and your lights be burning. You yourself like in the men that wait for the Lord, we will return from the wedding, come from knock and be open unto him immediately. Well, fellas, if we're going to gird up our loins, what are we doing? We're getting ready for something. <laughs> we're either going to go out and work. We're going to either have to gird up our loins, go to this job. We're gonna... It's all about preparedness. The same idea is there. Lights burning. Lights burning. That means I'm prepared. It means you're prepared. If your lights go out in your truck, and somebody has uh, an extra set of lights, they can make a quick fix. But if somebody doesn't have lights, then they're driving in the dark and they got to call AA. One was prepared, one was not prepared. That's why guys with work trucks, they have supplies on their work trucks. Why? So they're prepared. So we're on, when they're on the side of the road at midnight, got a flashlight, got some tools, got an air compressor, got the rain jacket, got the flashers, and they're ready. They're prepared. So Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, the whole idea isn't the virgins of the church and the oil is the Holy Spirit and the lamps are the bodies of us. No. It's trying to show you that there's going to be individuals during that time and some are going to be prepared, not be prepared, and you better be prepared. That's what the Lord's trying to lay out. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.